The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's move forward to the big segment. Because I was thinking about this. Sitting around thinking about my favorite topic, basketball. When it occurred to me, I wanted to make a couple of lists because everybody likes lists, and I like to be right. We like to make predictions. And I wanted to think about players that were not being discussed enough as maybe guys that will be highlight machines or people you should watch, could make a big jump, definitely could make an impact on their team. And after some work, I narrowed the list down to 10 players, all whom mostly not rookies, who I will be keeping an eye out for this year. Let's start 10 10 players, 10 players. Let's start in San Antonio. I could do an entire segment on San Antonio alone, which is just crazy. This is the most non-competitive San Antonio has been in over a decade and the most compelling that they've been. What does that say? Like, what does that say? Like, I am the most interested in San Antonio I've ever been in my entire life. And they're not even close to competing for a play-in spot. But that's where they're at. I, I don't know what that says about them or what that says about this team, but I'm fully in. I am fully intrigued. They're literally on my top eight teams to watch, San Antonio. I made a list today, top eight teams. They're all teams that no one cares about, but I do. Number one on the San Antonio list, Josh Primo. People came after the San Antonio Spurs, including me, including myself. It was a head scratcher. There were so many guys on the list they could have taken with the 12th pick, but they take Josh Primo, the youngest player in the draft out of Alabama, and a lot of draft experts Claim that it was a stretch. What are they doing? Some saying you you drafted 20 spot slots too early for him. And guess what? Greg Popovich, he may be checked out during all the Olympic cycles, but damn, does him and R.C. Buford know talent. And they are building something fun down in San Antonio. And I've got my eye on the Spurs, like I said. They're going to be bricking for Vicken. That doesn't make sense. But along the way, I think they're going to win games against older, dustier, t- more tired teams on back-to-backs because these kids are all like 18 through 21 years old, and they don't care. They're just trying to get buckets, trying to get reps. And Josh Primo, when he gets healthy because he just uh, had an MCL sprain, kept him out for part of preseason, 
he's going to be a center of this offense. He had like 33 minutes a game last year. So in his second year, I think he's going to be very fun. Jerry West loves him, and that's just a key piece for me to keep my eye on. Anybody who unsolicited Jerry West says to keep my eye on, I listen. I just It's just like a life lesson for me. I think he's going to be very polished. Definitely top of my list in terms of players that could break out this year. Number two, Jaden Hardy out of the G League Ignite playing for the Dallas Mavericks. People are mad. Sacramento Kings fans feel like they have been cheated, that he should be a king. But nobody had more of a disappointing draft ramp up than Jaden Hardy. It's more about the dumb draft process because he was supposed to be a lottery pick and then he goes to the G League Ignite and then he slips and then no one likes him anymore. And now we take Shaden Sharp, which no one knows anything about, and he hasn't played in two years, but because we haven't seen any film on him, he's better than Jaden Hardy by a full round and then some. People are dumb. People are very dumb. Who would have seen that coming? I don't know. People think, though, that the G League is all 18 and 19 years old players, but there's guys in their late 20s with a decade of pro ball underneath them, eat them. Some of them, they've played in the NBA. Some of them have played overseas in Europe, and they're trying to find a way back into the real association. But there is no gimmies down there, and folks are hitting you hard, and they're grown-ass men. And yes, Jaden Hardy struggled. Of course he did. He's a baby. He's a baby playing amongst men. Of course. Guess what? In the final third of the G League, he balled out. Ended up averaging nearly 18 points a game, but all anyone could do was talk about, oh, Jaden Hardy can't shoot. Oh, he can't shoot. 27% from three. Oh, he's gross. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. But there's room for improvement, and anyone who shoots 88% from the free throw line probably can shoot uh, a three-pointer. Just at some point, I think that that should translate. I think the Mavs absolutely got to steal him on him at 37. Wow. So do they. This team, very high on him in the preseason. No one did less in the offseason to address their glaring holes in the Mavs. We talked about that. We said that the Mavs are one piece away. Maybe that piece is Jaden Hardy. If Hardy can be the guy here, this team is going to prosper. By the way, for his dismal 27% from three, uh, in the preseason, he shot four for ten. What's that math? Do that quick math for me. Oh, yeah, 40%. 8 for 16 from the field in the Mavs preseason opener. I think he could be a sleeper in the all-rookie team. Woo! He's going to be fun. He is a bucket. Alperin Shangun. Another player people don't know. Another player people aren't asking about. Rockets number 15 pick last year. They liked him so much they traded two future firsts just to move up and grab him. He was the Turkish League MVP. We knew he could play. He did not disappoint. He showed great flashes. But let's be honest, this team was going to lose games on purpose. It did not matter. They were trying to hide him. They were not trying to develop him. They wanted to get, I don't know, Paolo Bencaro, which they thought they were going to get, and they did not get. Of course, like most big big men, he struggled with fouls. Most, Like most Euros, he had trouble defensively down on the blocks. But if he can pass, which he can, he has a nice shot. I think by the end of the year, he played much better, 13-8-4. Pretty much the kind of improvement that you want to see in a rookie, especially a big man. And he looked like he was able to compete with grown men down low, which is exactly what you want to see in the last quarter of the season. Despite this, as like this dream shake, a cool Rockets blog recently pointed out, Rockets fans are split on him. Uh, Some want to build around him. 
And some people think he's a liability who can't shoot threes, and thus he is expendable. But I actually like Shangun. I think he could be a good piece. He can pass like Jokic. Of course, he needs to improve his perimeter shooting. But I think he can distribute as well as almost anyone else that's his size and his age. And I think if he can improve on defense, which is all about want to, I think he could be a very valuable piece. I mean, they're a very long way away from competing. So let's be honest. He's got a long ramp-up period. But I think he will show flashes, and I want to see him improve alongside Jalen Green and alongside uh, Kevin Porter Jr., James Wiseman, I know this is a chalky one, but let's be honest. He has not been playing NBA basketball for almost two years now. The number one question for this team has always been at center. That's why they went and drafted him. It's been a revolving door. Uh, I don't even know if you remember these names. David Lee, Andrew Bogut, DeMarcus Cousins was there, uh, JaVale McGee was there, Zaza Pachulia. Shout out to Zaza Pachulia. Of course, Draymond ran small five. It's like, to be honest, Steve Kerr treats centers like Kyle Shanahan treats his running backs. Like, they are expendable. Completely interchangeable. He treats his centers kind of like NBA players treat girlfriends. Completely interchangeable. Warriors Dynasty has never had their franchise center, right? And this is what they hope to have in Wiseman. So this is what I saw. I saw him at Summer League. He looks huge. He looks really ripped, buff. You look at him, you're like, this kid had no muscles last year. And all of a sudden, he is ripping out of his jersey. They're saying, I talked to someone within the Warriors organization. They're like, he's just been spending all day, all night in the gym, just lifting weights, lifting weights. And for a long time, he couldn't do anything with his lower body. So he's just been lifting upper. Just his upper body is just swole right now. And listen, there's articles that he's been in therapy. Uh, and has gotten a lot more centered. Fortunately, he's apparently at peace with himself. Steve Kerr mentioned that he's been spending all of his time outside of the weight room. He's been in the film room looking at not only centers in the league, his old film uh, at Memphis and some of his film from Golden State, old film on old centers, current centers in the league that he can emulate, and... I think that's been the main piece that he could get better at. He was like a little baby deer in headlights. Skinny, gangly, couldn't find his own limbs and feet, couldn't catch, couldn't see what was going on. So, like, now he's filled out his body. He sort of has a real uh, feeling for the game just because he's been in the film room. So I think if Golden State can use him in a way and he's comfortable developing at his own pace, I think they could even be even more dangerous. Like, just imagine Steph Curry with a real center. He's never had one before. Like, imagine a legit lob threat for Steph Curry. Just all of a sudden, or Draymond Green throwing lobs to James Wiseman with no one there to defend him because, I don't know, they're on Draymond Green. If Wiseman can actually stay healthy, and he has actually improved in terms of his IQ, this team could be insane. And he's fun, even when he's playing poorly, because like I said, when you watch a deer in headlights that's that big, it's very fun as well. Like you're seeing things you've never seen on an NBA floor. So very entertaining. Definitely a player to keep our eyes on. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. 
Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. My favorite one, so this list is not in any particular order, is Shade and Sharp. Oh my God. Basketball porn is Shade and Sharp film. Portland could have gone and got Jeremy Sohan, which we'll talk about a little bit later, a defender who can play all five positions and defend all positions. They could have gotten someone like Dyson Daniels, who's like a little baby Scotty Barnes. But no, they decided to get a guy who had the biggest upside in Shaden Sharp. And you know what? I was very skeptical. I hadn't seen a lick of basketball from him ever. I've never seen it. Just never existed. Didn't even play any minutes at Kentucky. He just went there, sat there, and left. So I I was very sus on this draft, partly because I'm a Portland Trailblazer fan, and I think all bad things are going to happen to us because they've always happened to us. But holy shit, I've seen a few games, and I am all the way in. I am so damn invested. So I don't want to mush it, so shh, don't tell anyone. Shaden Sharp's going to be our Kobe Bryant. He's 6'6". He's so smooth. He's absolutely balled out in the preseason. And it's not really the stat line that I'm into. It's like he's 18. He's 6'6", with a 7-feet wingspan. He's got elite footwork. He can block shots. He has a feel for the ball, knows where it's going to be at all times. Of course he's a freak athlete, but also effortless at his size at getting to the rim. Touch around the rim that's soft. Pull up off the dribble jumpers. Easy. Shooting deep. Easy. Like, catch and shoot. Easy. Everything for Shade and Sharp seems to come just absolutely effortless. And there were people from Portland, haters, said that his head was spinning in his first NBA preseason game. What do you think? We've seen no Shade and Sharp. He's been injured. He got injured in the first eight minutes of Summer League, his first preseason game, his first competitive basketball. His head is spinning. Game's a little fast for him. Shut the fuck up. How about that? Now, Changed fast. He's absolutely balling. And part of me hopes, part of me secretly hopes that Portland is a terrible team because I want Victor Wambanyama too. And secondly, because Shaden Sharp's going to get huge minutes if Portland shuts everybody down. Worst case, first man off the bench and a closer down the stretch. He is going to be electric to watch. I want to see Chauncey use him as much as humanly possible. Number six is Obi Toppin. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin, they say. I don't think Tibbs is even going to be able to stop Obi Toppin. I think this is a breakout year for him. He looks so good, like insanely good. Very intriguing. He's huge. His feel for the game has gotten so much better. He's added to his bag. I think he's going to be a major beneficiary of Jalen Brunson getting there as well. He can shoot threes now. This man is like a legit three-point shooter from his size. He is a better version of Julius Randle. Like, bye, Julius Randle. You can go. We'll move you somewhere else. He has a better attitude than Julius Randle. He has better ups than Julius Randle. And the fan base loses their mind for Obi Toppin, and they boo Julius. So let's, let's just be serious. Tibbs needs to integrate him into the lineup, and he needs to use him not off the bench but as a starter. And fans need to be invested. So when you see these tomahawk dunks from Obi, like that's going to change the electric nature of the gym. Moods are bad. Vibes are bad. Tomahawk dunk. Moods back up again. Now you can compete down the stretch. And also, Julius Randle, watch your back. You could be traded. Because Obi is here, and he is 
here to stay. Another intriguing player that people are not talking about, OG Ananobi. Why aren't they talking about him? Well, because they don't run the offense through him at all in Toronto. They run it through Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam. And let's be honest, Pascal and Fred Van Fleet have a little love affair. They played in the G League together. They have a, a real connection. And they kind of ball. They kind of hog the ball. They don't give the ball to OG. And Nick Nurse isn't running any plays for OG. But let's be honest, if he can get better... And we know that he can. And we know Toronto wants him because everyone in the offseason wanted OG Ananobi. They were willing to give up anything. We were willing to give up Portland, the number seven overall draft pick for him, and some other pieces, and some other picks. And they were like, no, we're good. And that shows you what they think about him, right? We know that things that OG has done, I've got a little inside info. He's working with some people to get his body more fluid, his body more strong. Like, this is a man who hasn't really lifted a lot of weights in his entire career. Like, what does that say? That he's able to be a real deal NBA player, a fringe all-star, without doing the type of work that normal elite athletes do. That shows you that he's genetically a freak. If the game comes easier to OG, because he's very stiff, very upright, if he gets into a, a proper place in terms of his conditioning, in terms of his rest, just all the protocols that make you an elite athlete, I think that he can be an all-star. He's already an elite defender. If he can put it together on the offensive side, and then that leads Nick Nurse to actually calling plays for OG, oh boy, oh boy, watch out in Toronto. Here's one no one's talking about, Poku. Yeah, I bet you never thought I would say Poku, did you? Alexi Pokashevsky. All season. All season, Oklahoma City fans. All season, NBA fans. You've been waiting to see him, right? That white string bean kid. Seven feet tall for OKC, Chet Holmgren. And now Chet's gone for the season, but don't be sad. Oklahoma City still has another very, very skinny, very, very tall white boy who can dribble, who can pass, and who can shoot. And his name is Poku. Say it for me. Poku! Chet Light! He's basically Chet Light. Pretty damn good. In the preseason game, 15 points, 5 rebounds, and this is the best part. 10 assists. 10 assists for a 7-footer? That is absolutely bananas. There are not many men who are throwing no-look passes, especially ones that are 7 feet tall. Not many men getting 10 assists these days. The dude is 7 feet tall legit. Maybe the skinniest, lightest player in the NBA. They list him as 7 feet tall, 190 pounds. 190 pounds is like a fit 6-foot tall person. In an effort to bulk up, he said he's eating malts and burger, burgers, just all off-season long, just eating malts, burgers, malts, burgers. It's too bad, like, because Jokic is a Serbian as well, and he obviously does not struggle to gain weight. Like, he is a very fluffy Serbian. So watch out for Poku. I think he's going to have a breakout year. OKC is not going to win a lot of games because they don't want to, but I think Poku really makes a jump. I think he's the one player outside of Josh Giddy because you're already sort of looking for him. Josh Giddy's like, he's right there. Poku is on no one's radar, except for hardcore Oklahoma City fans. And if OKC really decides to tank, think about this. Next year, you could possibly have Poku, Chet, and Wambanyama all on the same team. Three seven-footers who can dribble, who can shoot, and who can pass. Who stops them? Who stops them with Dort, Giddy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander? I don't know. This team could win a title in two years from now. My lord. 
Jeremy Sohan, number nine. God, I love the San Antonio team. I do. Jeremy Sohan. He missed the summer league due to COVID, but he did do a lot of shopping. I saw him shopping a lot. I saw him in like maybe Louis Vuitton or something. He had big bags. So he, COVID wasn't keeping him down. They just didn't want to play him any games. I saw him actually at the uh, at the Vidara. He had Shake Shack. He liked uh, he liked my my blazer. gave me gave me the eyes. Said what's up. He had his friend with him. I think he had Malachi Branham with him. Anyway, he skipped Eurobasket this year to concentrate on preparing for the NBA season. And the early reports are pretty good. Like, very good. How good? Uh, reports are that this dude, who is 6'9", is able currently to defend, as a rookie, all five positions. He is everywhere. His model? Draymond Green. And he looks like he might be a clone of Draymond, but he could actually shoot the ball better than Draymond. He has a 7 feet plus wingspan, and everyone knows he can defend because of Baylor. Baylor was, like, one of the best defensive teams in all of college basketball last year, and Jeremy Sohan was a big part of that. There's a blog, a Spurs blog, called Pounding the Rock. They did a nice little overview of his preseason activities. They said in his 5-4 and four in 17 minutes, he had, so he had 5-4 and four in 17 minutes. That does not tell the whole story because he has a tireless motor, switching onto guards, battling in the post, chasing down fast breaks. And I think that is why Popovich wanted him. I think that is why they took him in the ninth overall pick. Add that to Malachi Branham, to Devin Vassell, to Blake Wesley, to Josh Primo. Like I said, this Spurs team is very, very intriguing. Number 10, Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. My man, Grand Theft Alvarado, he burst on the scene like a video game halfway through last season as an undrafted player, exploded into the playoffs, made life absolutely hell for Chris Paul and on Devin Booker. The Sun's absolutely lucky to beat the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the New Orleans Pelicans, here's a little prediction, if the New Orleans Pelicans would have beaten the Suns, they would have also beaten the Mavs. Yeah. The Pelicans could have easily been in the Western Conference Finals last year. And honestly, I'm not going to say they would have, but they would have made life hell for the Warriors too. It would have not been a fun experience. He's not going to be sneaking up on anyone. He's not, he's like under the radar one level. He's not two levels like Poku or three levels. But then again, I don't think he's going to have to sneak up on people because he's going to still be off the bench. He showcased his defense, and this year I think he's going to show that he can score. In this preseason, that might be the best scoring guard. In in this preseason, he might have been the best scoring guard in the league. He put up 28-5 and five on 12 for 18 shooting. And that is as a backup point guard. He didn't even start. Wow. This is what Zion said about my man, Alvarado. Jose is hard to describe, but you just know he's going to bring that passion and energy to the game that you would want to see any from anybody. He knows how to make himself a threat. Don't let him fool y'all. He just had 28 points and how many rebounds? Five. And yeah, he's doing this off the bench. The most insane thing, he was 9 for 12 on shots in the lane. He's my height. Well, he's 6 feet tall, but I don't think he's 6 feet tall. I've seen him in person. He's like 5'10", 5'11", soaking wet, probably 135 pounds. Like he is tiny. He is getting in there and getting buckets. Here's where I remind you he was undrafted. 
I think he's a, a quicker, better defensive version of Jalen Brunson. And that spells trouble for any opponents of the Pelicans who will get absolutely zero rest when he comes off the bench. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. We did it in good time. We will be back. We will be back, what, Monday? I don't even know. Monday, I think we have a live. Do we have a live Monday? We're working on it. Check out the feed for past episodes from the offseason. Follow us on the heat check as we get you ready for the 2022-2023 season that is approaching. We are less than a week away. And check out the Locked On NBA podcasts. I haven't checked them out yet to see what it's like, but I know that they are filled with insight because I saw the rundown, as I will be appearing on them as well all week. Do not forget to download. Do not forget to subscribe. And please tell all your friends. And follow us. Please follow us. At This Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok. And if you troll me in my comment section, I swear to God I'll come after you on video. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>